Hello, my name is Eva, and welcome to part six of the podcast series, Who Was Bluetooth? In this series, we recount the history of the 10th century Danish king, Harald Bluetooth, whose sobriquet was adopted as the name of the communication network technology that we today recognize as Bluetooth. First of all, I must apologize for the late publication of this episode. I have been suffering through a bout of COVID-19 because, sadly, yes, that still exists. Anyway, last time we left off in 985 as Bluetooth had fled, or as he might put it, had regrouped to Zealand, the Danish isle east of his former stronghold, on the peninsula of Jutland. Bluetooth had been forced to leave after his son, Sven Forkbeard, had led a revolt against him, culminating in Forkbeard being declared king of all the Danes. Forkbeard had promised his allies that the old gods would side with them against his Christian father, conveniently forgetting, of course, that he himself had been baptized as a child. Forkbeard convinced his supporters to torch Bluetooth's strongholds so that he could not make use of them, and evidence of this can still be seen on the surviving ruins of several impressive Viking forts of that age. So, Bluetooth had been hounded out of his own house, where his own royal houseguard, the herd, no longer offered him any kind of protection as they had pledged their allegiance to his son. But as desperate as the situation had become, there were still friends to be had. Bluetooth's Christian subjects, for one, were understandably wary of the future under the new king who ever more vocally talked about the glories of the old gods. And there were others for whom the pledge of loyalty to the old crown still held them honour-bound to Bluetooth. There were few and far between, yes, but most importantly for Bluetooth, some of these men were willing not just to talk, but to fight, and to fight for him. Sometime late in 985, the dates are sadly not precisely recorded, Bluetooth launched his attack on Sven Forkbeard's forces, and he launched it from the sea. Not much is known about this battle, but all contemporary documents, including the rather impassionate account by the medieval Danish chronicler Saxo Grammaticus, record one thing. It was a hard-fought battle, for Sven Forkbeard had everything to win and Bluetooth nothing more to lose if the fight was lost. Fighting continued from morning to eve, through the night and through the morning, and in the end, it was Sven Forkbeard's men who carried the day. Saxo Grammaticus further recounted that the best of Bluetooth's warriors were lost on the battlefield, and the king himself was wounded. Sven Forkbeard's men celebrated the victory as the final triumph over Bluetooth, the cleansing of the kingdom, as it were, from the odour of the old crown. Bluetooth himself 
had now nowhere to run, nowhere to crawl, nowhere to hide in his own once so powerful kingdom. No castle, no stronghold would open its doors for him. And so Harald Bluetooth, a king without a kingdom, but a man with a king's anger still coursing through his veins, boarded perhaps the only ship not lost in the destructive aftermath of the battle, and he sailed for Jomsburg. Now, I have to pause the story in order to explain what Jomsburg actually was. Jomsburg was, even in its time, a semi-legendary Viking stronghold at the southern coast of the Baltic Sea near northwest Poland. Newest research points to Jomsburg having been a garrison founded by Harald Bluetooth himself on one of his youthful Viking raids when he left warriors behind to found this stronghold. However, according to the 12th century Nordic saga known as Jomsvikinga, the stronghold was founded under mysterious circumstances by a Danish warrior known as Palnotoki, who took up with Sven Forkbeard rather than Bluetooth, and whose men murdered Bluetooth. Now this rather mysterious and highly fantastical founding of Jomsburg later led many to believe that the stronghold was a myth, and indeed its very existence is still somewhat contested. What we know for sure is that a group of mercenary Vikings known as Jomsvikinga did operate in this area and were allies of a sort of Harald Bluetooth. And it was to these battle-hardened men that Bluetooth in late 985 now sailed, hoping to encourage them to return to Denmark and fight for his cause. He had no immediate wealth to offer them, only the promise of certain and great rewards once he won back that which he claimed for his own, the crown and title of King of Denmark. Bluetooth arrived at Jomsburg without being pursued, but his men had to carry him off the ship. For while all around him had been aware that Bluetooth had been wounded during the battle against Forkbeard, it was only now that it became apparent that Bluetooth would not recover from his injuries. He was carried to the stronghold, where he was attended by the healers and treated with reverence by the Jomsvinkinga. They respected Bluetooth for his fighting spirit, if not his Christianity. And here, surrounded by his few remaining men, Harald Bluetooth, Viking warrior and King of Denmark, died. One might imagine that he died with a sword at his side, screaming at fate, which would not afford him one last victory. However, later Danish chroniclers claimed that Harald Bluetooth shuffled off his mortal coil as he confirmed his Christian faith in peace and quiet. Now this too might be highly likely, for interestingly enough, Bluetooth was not buried at Jomsburg, which was an area of insistent pagans. Instead, Sven Forkbeard, Bluetooth's son and greatest rival, allowed Bluetooth's body to be returned to Denmark, 
where it was buried in Roskilde, on the grounds of a church which Bluetooth himself had founded. This is the official and most recognized version of Bluetooth's demise. But as so much about his life, several accounts existed then and have been added on later, with some naming Poland and others naming Northern Germany as Bluetooth's final pagan resting place. This confusion is due to a lack of clarity in the timeline of Bluetooth. But newer archaeological findings do point to Bluetooth's remains returning to Denmark and receiving a Christian burial. No matter the confusion, by 986, Bluetooth was most certainly dead and Sven Forkbeard was most certainly king uncontested. Forkbeard himself would go on to ally and then to fight the Norwegian king. He would go on to invade, fight and defeat the English king, reigning as king of the English for a mere five weeks before Sven Forkbeard died in 1014. But his descendants, and by extension Bluetooth's descendants, ruled in England until 1040 and in Denmark until 1035. Medieval chroniclers often pitched Bluetooth against his son, Sven Forkbeard, the Christian against the pagan. But how Christian was Bluetooth? Certainly in Denmark, he's traditionally thought of as the first great Christian king, and this telling was passed down not least by the medieval chronicler Adam of Bremen. But Adam of Bremen was secretary to the Bishop of Hamburg, and he had a vested interest in focusing on the Christian version of this story, and he bitterly disliked Sven Forkbeard. Modern historians have had a stronger focus on Bluetooth's building projects, the rune stones he erected, and his continental networks. And so a question might be posed as to what was Bluetooth's legacy as Christian, as a king, and as a networker. Well, next time, which will be the final episode of this series on who was Bluetooth, we shall delve into the complex and complicated legacy of Harald Bluetooth. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to this podcast, Restless Times in History. Until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.